When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Army and fellow music fans, I'm Kayla. And I'm Bethany, and we're the hosts of Standing BTS from the Consequence Podcast Network. We're a bi-weekly show that covers the impact and legacy of K-pop group BTS. We mix the perfect blend of research and fangirl as we take a deep dive into lyrics during album reviews, theorize over music videos, and keep up with their current events. No BTS topic is off limits. We welcome everyone into the conversation, whether you're a casual fan, committed ARMY, or someone who's just curious about one of the biggest music groups in the world. Come chat with us every other Thursday with a new episode wherever podcasts are found. Hello, and welcome to the Spark Parade, where I geek out with artists and entertainers about the cultural works that have most inspired them. I'm Adam Ons at Spark Parade on all social media. Thanks so much for joining me. This is a very special episode, my friend. It's a crossover episode. Ooh. Today, I am joined by musicians and fellow podcasters AJ Marks and Megan Solaginto to talk about AJ's love for the horror comedy Scary Movie and Megan's love for The Daily Show. Now, why is this a crossover episode, you ask? Well, let me tell you, because I'm also a guest on Megan and AJ's amazing podcast American Idiots Abroad this week. Very exciting, right? They are, as the podcast title suggests, Americans who live in the UK, and, as regular listeners of this show will know, I never stop talking about being a dual national who has family in both of those countries, so it was a perfect fit. They had me on their show to talk about words that have different meanings in the UK than in the US, and it was hilarious and so much fun, so you should listen to that as soon as you're done listening to this. So much entertainment for you. And this is an action-packed Spark Parade episode, so let's dive right in. Quick AJ and Megan facts. AJ Marks and Megan Soliginto are two American musicians living in England who host a bi-weekly podcast with a variety of local and international guests to discuss the cultural and linguistic differences between the U.S. and the U.K. Quick Scary Movie Facts. Scary Movie is an American horror comedy film from the year 2000. Directed by Keenan Ivory Wayans, the film spoofs multiple genres including the horror, slasher, and mystery film genres. And lastly, Quick Daily Show Facts. The Daily Show is an American late-night talk a news satire television program describing itself as a fake news show. The Daily Show draws its comedy and satire from recent news stories, political figures, media organizations, and often uses self-referential humor as well. And there you have it. Full steam ahead to the good stuff now. Here comes my chat with AJ Marks and Megan Soliginto about Scary Movie and The Daily Show. AJ, do you remember uh, seeing Scary Movie for the first time? I very much do. Um, I was 14. I was with people who were younger than me. I think I was with one of my sisters and then a friend who was like three years younger than me. And we put it on, it was on Netflix, I think. Um, and, and, um, I remember 
people were like, oh yeah, I love this film. And I had never seen it before, but I was like, I think I, I think I thought I knew what it was. So I was like, oh yeah, I love this film too. Like, and I kind of lied about it. And then we watched it and I was like, oh my God, this is really good. And I had to like hold back my reactions to it because I, had, it. I, was, I was faking <laughs> having already seen it. So already knowing what it was about or whatever. But I was like, this is really, really good. It's one of two movies that I will rewatch just anytime, any given time. I don't even have to be in the mood. I'll just rewatch this movie because it's great. Whereas other movies and TV shows, it's very, very rare that I rewatch anything because mm. there's always so much to get to. Yeah. Yeah. Especially now. I actually just saw they just released a trailer for all the Netflix movies that they're putting out this year. And it's like more than one a week. And it's just too many. There's too many things to watch. Oh my yes. God. Constantly bombarded with content. Um, so yeah, finding a movie that you actually want to rewatch is uh, a pretty exciting thing. Also, I would say I have so many experiences of saying like, panicking and saying that I've seen something or read something or whatever that I haven't. And it's like, why the fuck did I just do that? I know. There's, there's no reason. Situ- I put myself in a situation where I couldn't laugh out loud yet. I was like internally dying the whole film. I was like, this is great. Oh yeah. my God. And it's so funny because when AJ told me how much he loved this movie, I was actually pretty surprised because most people are AJ is a very, um, like, politically correct um i'm not i'm not as politically correct no i mean that in a compliment i mean i mean like don't include that because that actually no but you're like like, no but you're like you're like very conscious of what you say and how you like um you know you're very yeah and you're very like socially conscious and stuff in this movie um is you know older humor so it's i was just that, yeah. i was a bit mm. surprised how much you enjoyed it yeah, uh, straight out of 2000 ex- literally 2000 uh, yeah yeah and it's funny that you ask uh aj like the first time he remembers seeing this movie because we were talking about this before this and uh just very briefly i saw this movie when i was like eight years old or something i definitely should not have seen it um and i was with my dad and my older brother and i was kind of coming in and out of the film but it genuinely scared me i was like way too young and it like actually scared me and it, it gave me trauma <laughs> i like nightmares over scary movies so aj you had a much better experience than i, I did, did yes can confirm. Yes. Um, it was a little <laughs> bit better than that i was laughing the whole time yeah i was yeah. just deeply disturbed <laughs> so megan do you have like traumatic flashbacks when you hear fart jokes now Oh, you know, <laughs> there are no fart jokes in the first one. I don't think. No, there's. Mm. It opens with are a there? fart joke. Yeah. yeah. Oh yes. Oh yeah. Yeah. It does open with a fart. Yeah. Joke. <laughs> yeah. That's the first joke of the film. Is oh, Carmen Electra farting? Oh, exactly. Sorry, I just farted. I didn't think you'd hear that. Yeah. <laughs> no, that popping noise. Um. No, I just thought I was so confused because I was like, she's like running and like getting all her clothes taken off, and this is supposed to be like erotic. Like, because I was so young, I had no. I don't know if it was supposed to be like erotic. It was supposed to make fun of erotic, like how, like how just every I villain. S- yeah, is I so see that like now. Infantilized <laughs> and like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sure there. Are, I'm sure there are a lot of parts of that film where if you don't understand the thing, the trope that they're making fun of, it just seems brutal. Like it yeah. just seems unnecessary and ridiculous. <laughs> but that's what I really like about the film is that like all the. Like the film is just meant to poke holes in all the tropes that exist in films. And I'm a very cynical movie watcher. I will watch a film. I'll enjoy a film and watch it, but I'll just, my mind will just be going through all the tropes. I'll just like look at how the acts are set up. Like I, I'm not 
an actor. I'm not like involved with film at all, but I'll always watch things as if I am or some for some mm. reason. I'll always just like I'm very into how TV and movies are made. So I'm always looking at like the casting choices and I'm looking at all that kind of thing. So a movie like this is it really like tickles me to kind of it, have it be so meta. Yeah. And I think it's an interesting example, even in that kind of spoofy genre of of comedy of not just being meta on its own but being like a meta something that is a film that's spoofing something that was already meta and exactly um, exactly it's meta on meta yeah yeah so (laughs) meta sandwich yeah so it made me think that scream was a serious movie at first because i always thought scream was a serious movie and then my mom had to tell me that it wasn't just Wait, because because i had never seen scream so i always thought it was a serious movie because it was being parodied by a film but actually scream is just parodying other horror films right so it's a parody of a parody oh so scary movie wasn't the first one well no scream is not at all a, it's, Scream isn't like a, it's not a spoof, right? It's just more of like, it's like, it's just satire. So, sort of. It is, it is a, a horror movie. Like the, the violence in it is, mm-hmm. you know, actual horror, but it's like Kevin Williamson who directed it is the guy who did Dawson's Creek. And mm-hmm. so it was that kind of feeling of like somebody who is well-versed in, or sorry, Kevin Williamson wrote it. Um, Wes Craven directed it. Uh, someone who's like really into horror movies um, will kind of get off on all the references to horror movies. And mm. they talk a lot about horror movie tropes in this movie as well. And kind yeah. of as the horror story is unfolding, talking about the different ways that that parallels stuff that happens in horror movies. Yeah. Um, oh. It's very tongue in cheek. Yeah, yeah. And it is, it's lighter than, you know, hostile or something. <laughs> but, yeah. um, uh, it's no it's, saw. Yeah. But it's still, <laughs> it still is a horror movie. Like, I think it's intended to be, if not, uh, horrific, at least, like, you know, there's jump scares and stuff and there is a lot of blood. Yeah. Um, but then scary movies, like, taking it that next step into the sort of like teen drama tropes. And- no, scary movies, like, Scary movie parodies like Dawson's Creek and yeah, I mean James Vanderbeek makes a little appearance. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I know you did last summer and um, films like that. But like essentially, I, the way the the Wayans brothers were describing it is that it's kind of like Scream did it first, and then like or, or like kind of did some satire, and then Scary Movie was like the black version, like that mm-hmm. that that kind of satire. It's like a yeah. like a different sense of humor, kind of on the same thing because it's built on Scream. It's like even more meta, right? Mm. And it's much broader comedy it's yes. like very obviously supposed to be silly and scream mm-hmm. is like there's humorous elements in it but it's not supposed to be silly it's like it's more yeah. like movie nerd humor um, yes where yeah, yeah. it's like you know pointing out all of the ridiculous tropes in horror movies and also uh scary movie is kind of drawing on a precedent that had already been set with other kinds of spoof movies like you know the, the naked gun series and stuff like that which was kind of airplane. spoofing like cop oh, airplane, movies yes, of course. airplane exactly so it's it's in that same style but it's a movie that's like spoofing a movie that was already kind of drawing you know uh, like aware of the broader horror movie universe so it's a specific Mm -hmm. example in that case and also as aj was saying like uh, a movie that was 
written and directed by black people and had a black sensibility or at least was taking that kind of spoofiness that had happened in movies like airplane and in the mm-hmm. naked gun movies but um uh written and directed by black people and the way the you know the wayne's brothers had already established a pretty uh solid comedic dynasty before that movie yes. started um you know like uh living color and 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 that kind of stuff that's yeah. way before either of your times um <laughs> I, i've seen it though yeah i love i love that show um so the uh it, it, like i guess the difference in comedy between scream and scary movie is that like scary movie just like i gotta just go through the the, the opening right because i don't want to like spoil it for anyone or whatever but uh, if you haven't seen it yet um (laughs) uh but like when just because that opening is so iconic right like Mm -hmm. i i think about that all the time it's iconic in scream and it's iconic in scary movie so it's the one that traumatized me (laughs) (laughs) um so when they like when drew is running away from the killer and they have on the table they offer her a banana a grenade and a knife she goes for the banana you know Mm. what i mean it's just and like these are very obvious things that are like silly and i guess if you're just like not paying attention or if you don't you're not familiar with horror movies at all you would just be like what like that doesn't make any sense but then it's kind of just to show like this is the character who will make dumb decisions no matter how obvious the right decisions are so like there are two like she runs up to two signs and one says safety going in one direction and one says death going in the other direction she just runs for death you Mm -hmm. know um and like it points out it's kind of just like it points out in a comedic way what you're already thinking so then like right after the safety thing she like trips and she gets up and there's like an outline of her body in chalk and that's kind of saying like (laughs) you already know she's dead you know she's gonna die right. yeah so it, it's i it's incredibly camp and i just love love anything that's like very campy and um overblown and you know it's it's kind of it's kind of that catapult it's like it's way more camp than scream is even though scream is already camp but it's it's kind of that catapult into things like um scream queens which is another like horror comedy kind of thing which just kind of takes everything and kind of blows it up to the biggest dimension essentially yeah but i would even say like the difference between something like scream queens and scary movie is that scream queens does at least in some way take itself a bit seriously and wants you there's like a real story and it's you know you're supposed to be invested in the characters whereas scary movie is like utter stupidity from start to begin start to finish like character dies and i'm like laughing so hard you know what i mean and like every single moment is just played for laughs it's all very like slapsticky and over the top and Mm -hmm. silly yeah i was reading something and it's like an act uh it was like a chance for the actors to kind of parody the roles that they're usually stereotyped as or or, um Mm. that they're Mm -hmm. usually uh i forget the word um, like typecasting typecasted as yeah. yeah um and i think that's like it must be so much fun like as an actor just to kind of spoof your kind of own typecasting and kind of poke fun at the things like that's like how your character seems to you like when people give you these like more serious roles that are supposed to be taken seriously that's how you feel they're, you're being directed to play them in right, some ways right. yeah so yeah i and i love pop like all the pop culture references and everything mm-hmm. and yeah yeah and AJ it's loves like a pop culture reference. I do. Yeah. I just think they're so clever. <laughs> and it's nonstop. Like every, oh, it's yeah. so densely Even packed. The casting and, choices. Like, yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. And like what you were saying with that little moment at the beginning where, uh, you know, Carmen Electra is like choosing her weapon and chooses a banana. That That is this like one second thing, but mm-hmm. every 
two seconds there's a joke like that yes exactly uh they're throwing things at you constantly yeah yeah yeah. and like even with carmen electra like the casting choices to get uh carmen like i didn't know this when i first watched the film because i didn't know who carmen electra was um it was like 10 years or 11 years after it had come out so i was kind of like um unaware of a lot of the things like i was unaware of the beer commercial um Mm. parody and stuff but like later finding out Carmen Electra was one of Prince's kind of like uh, protégés. Mm-hmm. It was it makes a lot of sense when she's like when we, he's like, we have your boyfriend. Uh, mm-hmm. And she was like, oh, he's not my boyfriend. I mean, we fuck sometimes, but it's yeah, just like yeah. Prince screaming on the lawn. Wait, yeah. Yeah, she's yeah. she was his protégé? Yes. Wait, how? He had a lot of protégés. Wait, but what yeah. did she do? Music? Acting. Yeah, and just like like hosting and stuff. Yeah, what? and th- isn't there some? I don't know if they ever worked on a project together. Like she definitely doesn't sing, but <laughs> um, yeah, I can't remember if it was just like some kind of romantic involvement, and then um, it was like tabloid stuff. I yeah, think. yeah, um, wild, but. But yeah. it's just so funny, like learning stuff like that and then going back to the film, like even like everything is even in the names, like um, Buffy is the character Vampire. who is. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So Buffy is originally based on Sarah Michelle Ge- Ge- or Sarah Michelle Geller's character in I Know What You Did Last Summer and Sarah Michelle Geller around the same time was playing Buffy the Vampire Slayer. So <laughs> that is kind of how that name is taken. I think one of the characters last name is Prince to mock Freddie Prince Jr., Mm. Um, and then Drew from the beginning is to mock Drew Barrymore, who played the character that Carmen Electra is playing. So like everything, like even even like the lunchroom menu in the high school says like same old shit. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like like every little like casting choice, every detail in the background, every frame has some sort of joke just like hidden in it. So it just like makes it so much more so much so much better on every re- rewatch. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was also thinking, like, I just rewatched it for the first time in a long time. And I don't know if anybody in this movie outside of Anna Ferris is doing anything anymore. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was thinking. Regina Hall. Regina Hall. Oh, was, yes. Was that's incredible. That's true. She, oh, she's in, most recently, I saw her role in Black Monday. And she's mm. incredible. She played um, Brenda in the, in the original, or in yeah. the scary movie. Shannon Elizabeth and, um the guy who plays the boyfriend and mm-hmm. a bunch of the actors just aren't doing anything anymore or nothing yeah. that I know of. I thought that I just, I thought that I Googled one of the actors because I was thinking the same thing. And one of them, I thought that it said that he was in Scream Queens or maybe at, at least really? a feature. Hold on. Let me just look this up. I feel like I would remember that because actually Scream Queens is like, if I didn't choose uh, a scary movie for this, I definitely would have chosen Scream Queens because the two or the first season of Scream Queens the two are like the things I can just rewatch like on repeat because they're like of the same kind of vein yeah uh, oh no sorry Riverdale Riverdale oh yeah yeah Lock, Lachlan Lachlan Monroe mm-hmm. yeah he plays He's... the dad I think oh, of wow. one of the characters yeah you're right though like besides the women besides the really two. yeah yeah even the Wayans is like yeah not I mean, really. I've, I still watch their movies, but they're just not like big movies, yeah. but like naked was pretty good. Sex tablets was awful. <laughs> so bad. I'm sorry. Wayne stands. Yeah. Don't come for AJ. No, I mean, I like this movie. I like white chicks. Like let's yeah. keep it at that. Yeah, yeah. A that's, classic. that's a classic. And living yes. color. Like let's, yeah. let's that, that, that's the extent I think. But, yeah. and you um, know, they, you know, living color gave us. Jim Carrey and Jennifer Lopez and Mm -hmm. 
whatever. So I need to learn these things. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it, yeah. It gave us Jennifer Lopez. It gave us the mom and that's a Raven. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, anyway, I just, I love this film so much. I love how Anna Ferris, who like didn't have an agent, didn't have like, unless she got her like mom and her neighbors to film her audition tape, like just kind of really was, yeah, she like was a nobody, like absolutely a nobody. She had never had a role before wow. in anything. And she auditioned for this and her performance is so infantilized and like overblown. And it's so it's such a great mock of just how these uh like final girls, quote unquote, are mm-hmm. portrayed or how they're always like the the kind of stereotype for these final girls girls that are yeah. still Still being like um, parodied to this day, yeah. You know, in different in different films, they'll always try to find ways to go around the trope while still sticking to the trope. But this was like such a great. Um, she's so stupid. Like she's mm-hmm. so. Yeah. I just I can't get over her performance. Her performance is so great, and then Regina Hall as well. I just I fell in love with her as an actress, like from this movie. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Both and of them. Regina are. Hall was also in like Girls Trip and like stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah. I quote it all the time. I know the whole script. Yeah. yeah. We often will start our um, morning phone calls for work with Waza. Waza. Exactly. Still in 2021. <laughs> Still. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Somebody's got to keep it going. Right? <laughs> exactly. It's worth noting, though, just before we move on, it's worth noting that some of these jokes did not age well um mm-hmm. i mean yeah. like i don't uh, you know there are so many jokes where i feel like i feel like for the movies we watch like you you'll still find the jokes funny only because of the nostalgia that's like baked into them but if this movie had come out today i think the mrs man scene like any mm-hmm. any of the transphobic kind of comments would just i would not find that funny at all i still yeah. don't i still kind of like that's my least favorite part of the original yeah i think but a lot of it actually for its time for like 2000 a lot of it actually holds up like compared Mm -hmm. to like movies that are a lot less raunchy and are still age way worse so yeah yeah yeah. but i'm not sure if it could be done today anyway because like with sites like like youtube and stuff like everyone can parody anything Mm -hmm. you know it maybe would be like a youtube original but not like a (laughs) yeah like like cinema um uh i think uh, there is no particularly easy way to segue into the Daily Show from there so outside of like I mean just like <laughs> it also in speaking about more the parodies. world of comedy yeah, yeah. speaking of satire <laughs> yeah um, uh, Megan do you remember being introduced to the Daily Show or like yes. when you started watching it I do I my parents watched the Daily Show. Um, Every day <laughs> when I was, oh, really? yes. Would you say they watched it daily? I think I would. Um, but then I would cringe. Um, so yes. Uh, but just the presentation <laughs> of that line was great. <laughs> I wish everyone could just see how Adam just. Yeah. <laughs> this is unfortunately not a visual medium, but um, yep. he will take yeah, a bow. Yeah. So yeah. Um, I do. And I remember actually really not liking it. I remember, um, cause I was too young. I was probably like mm-hmm. 10 or something when I was first introduced to it, maybe younger. And I just remember like it kind of having to be the, like, okay, when all the fun TV was over, but I still wanted to stay awake, my parents would put this on and I would just kind of have to sit through it and mm-hmm. not understand why people were laughing, um, mm-hmm. <laughs> and stuff. And then 
That was Over- like SNL for me. Like that yes. was like the, the, the opening, the cold open. I would always hate it. Cause I'd be like, I don't understand. This is the boring part. Right. <laughs> and now then now like you're cool. like, everyone looks forward to. Yeah. Yes. yes. Um, <laughs> yeah. So I didn't, cause I didn't understand obviously like the politics and the like, um, modern, uh, you know, sort of events and movements or whatever. Um, and even like the modern celebrities, I might not have been fully like clued up on at the time. So it, I didn't really fully appreciate it until like a couple years on. So it took me a while. Um, it took some literal growing up to do and mm. uh, puberty and stuff. And then I started getting really into politics and I'd say, um, part of the reason I became so interested in it was because of the daily show and the Colbert rapport. Um, and then just all of the like, you know, sort of daily show spinoffs and, um, correspondence and stuff like they really were my, uh, gateway drug into, um, (laughs) like politics. And I, um, really, also loved how disarming it was for a lot of people so like speaking truth to power and speaking Mm. um honestly and openly saying the things that like everyone's thinking but you can't say on the news or things like that and it was just so um disarming coming at it from a point of like satire and humor so people wouldn't like people could get upset but like it's always um was always in jest so was like there was still some like levity around it even if it was a really major crisis or issue that needed to be discussed in like serious conversation if like it like the way that John Stewart or Stephen Colbert approached it would make people feel differently and think differently about it at least it made me think differently because like I said I, I had no idea what was going on and I I went to really rather like conservative schools growing up because I went to like private Christian schools and so like mm. having that in class every day and then coming home to like my liberal parents and then having the daily show on like it was a really interesting juxtaposition that I had that I just like became obsessed with <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. I would say it's all, it was also my gateway into politics. It's like a very nice, uh, transition, I would say. Definitely. And I think that is, uh, one thing that liberals have over conservatives. Uh, (laughs) One of, one of many in my opinion. Um, but, uh, is that, you know, the only real television gateway into conservative politics is like the rage machine of Fox news, yeah. or, you know, something like that, where it's like, we take all this stuff very seriously. Yes. And <laughs> on the liberal side, it's like, you know, I'm sure conservative people would argue that the mainstream media is, uh, the liberal equivalent, but I think it shows like the daily show and, mm-hmm. you know, Sam B's show mm-hmm. and, uh, John Oliver mm-hmm. and all of these people who are super smart, really likable yeah, and have a way of, reporting it is actual reporting yeah they do investigate yeah. these stories and they talk to politicians and are 
interested in like disseminating information mm-hmm. in addition to entertaining people. Yes. Um, so you get the same kind of, it's a liberal rage, but you're still laughing yeah. about what's happening. <laughs> yeah. And, um, you know, it's like commiserating with a friend instead exactly. of like having a reporter, you know, try to get you riled up. Yeah. And I think it was also helpful, like, because growing up, like in those conservative school systems, I had then like a number of friends who followed like conservative thinking and so it was always fun for me to kind of have that like yeah friend I could come home to and laugh about the politics with (laughs) you know but yeah it was like like exactly what you said the um uh sort of interesting how the conservatives don't have that sort of um comedic (laughs) side to them really um they try bless them they try but i mean uh, they have caitlin bennett yeah caitlin bennett yay (laughs) yeah Yeah, ben shapiro is hilarious um no oh my god (laughs) so yeah we we have all the fun ones thankfully and um Mm. but yeah like (laughs) but i do think that there was a sort of moment where i became more serious in what I believed like even though I was like my my starting point was from a point of humor like just coming in through the daily show it it as I as I learned a lot because you're saying like it's actual reporting it's actual news I learned so much and then I was like wait this shit's so real we have to be like moving and like Mm. (laughs) doing stuff about this so like yeah it's totally um it totally was my yeah gateway into more left wing, more um, serious talk radio, um, things like that. So now I'm just like boring and just listen to like Sam Sater and like people like that. But I also still I still watch like Stephen Colbert every day and like Seth Meyers every day. I don't watch The Daily Show as much anymore, um, mm-hmm. but I, you know the the legacies there and like you mentioned with Sam B and John Oliver and stuff it's just you it's undeniable what the daily show has done for american media and american politics and it's just like you know such an interesting thing that i don't even know if other countries have it nearly to the same extent i know the uk doesn't mm, yeah we just have like frankie uh, boyle <laughs> yeah 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 and i think it's amazing that every single one of those people that we've mentioned came from The Daily Show. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, all of these other liberal kind of uh, weekly or daily news programs. I mean, outside of Seth Meyers, but um, yeah. the like evolution of Stephen Colbert's uh, shtick from mm. being like a segment on The Daily Show to having his own, yeah. uh, you know, pretend mm. conservative uh, character that he was playing and now hosting one of the biggest uh, talk shows in America. It's amazing. Um, yeah. I mean, yeah. I was going to say that in like Jimmy Fallon doesn't really do politics, but I was going to say like Seth Meyers mm-hmm. was kind of graduating from the, the Saturday Night Live equivalent, you know, right. the, mm-hmm. the Weekend Update desk. Yeah, exactly. Because yeah. he did the Weekend Update so well. And I loved the Weekend Update as well. He did <laughs> you it might very, imagine. very well. And yeah. so like when he when he switched over, I was like, hell yeah, let's do this. But yeah, with Stephen Colbert, I always call Stephen Colbert my TV dad. And, um, <laughs> and so like even though my dad 
was uh, was 100% Filipino and that is not at all what Stephen Colbert is. He's still my TV dad. And um, <laughs> I like watch him every day and it brings me like a sense of comfort after all these years still seeing kind of the same person talking truth to power and like reason to insanity, but in a funny way. Love it. Right. <laughs> so here for it. Um, yeah. And yeah. and all of these people being really skilled comedians as well. Like yeah. they're really funny. It's not, um, it's not hard to watch. It's not, uh, you know, I no. think if you're watching a serious news show and especially given, you know, what the last five years have been like for the world. Oh my goodness. Past five days. It's so intense. <laughs> and it's like, you have to have some kind of levity to break up all of the heavy shit yeah. that's happening. 100%. And, um, yeah. The, the, all of these shows um, are a great way to kind of, you know, add a spoonful of sugar to exactly. the mountain of shit. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> And also, and and also, like a number of quote unquote normal comedic actors and stuff came from the Daily Show. So you have like Steve Carell and um, Rob Corddry, and like there are there are people who didn't continue down the same sort of like political comedy vein, like a John Oliver, but who went into other realms. So like the Daily Show's given us so much, <laughs> right? And um. What is her name? Jessica, uh, two dope queens. Oh, um, um oh. Uh, do you know who they uh, are? Yes, you I know, know uh, Williams. Yeah, Jessica Williams. Yeah, she was Jessica on the Daily Williams. Show. Um, yes, and she was she's a correspondent awesome. on the Daily Show initially. Yes. Yeah. Um. So, uh, yeah, it's like funny that a mixed comedy news show can be this training ground in the same way that like you know, SNL or something like that is for comedic performers to have like a launch plat launch pad for their career. And mm -hmm. then they're not going to move into being, you know, newscasters, yeah. or, you know, <laughs> doing other things. Um, and if they do anything that is about the news, it's like doing a similar kind of mixed comedy and news show. Yeah. Mm. And it was like, it was the first time I ever saw that sort of like combination of art meets actually modern day sort of activism because like there was a real not dry spell but like there's just been an increasing or I guess decreasing amount of like political music and as a musician um I always really loved political music like the first band t-shirt I ever bought was American Idiot when I was like eight years old and stuff <laughs> so um funny now I have a podcast called American Idiots Abroad but I digress so like it's um I've always loved that like kind of using you what you do well to make um a stand or a statement the way that you like can with the tools available to you do you know what I mean so like mm -hmm. for me with what I do a now unique statement yeah, I feel like I said that really strangely, but like um, my brain's kind of bouncing all over the place trying to make this sentence. But um, I think it's it's like it was like one of the first times where I saw someone actually using their art to do something really, really fundamentally like ground shifting, um, you know, work. So 
I, um, that's inspired me for like in my life, hopefully like with what I'm doing one day I could have that sort of a similar thing, but just in my own way. Um, your own impact. Yeah, exactly. So I just, yeah, just so cool. I love it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I just want to let you know, I believe that you will have that impact. I believe in you. Thanks, so. Adam. Yeah. <laughs> My pleasure. We'll have like a little like, like angels singing in the background. Like, <laughs> yes. Like, yeah. I'll add that. Yeah. <laughs> I'll add that in post. <laughs> Great. <laughs> yeah. Megan wants that for herself. Yes. <laughs> um, well, I feel very satisfied, you guys. That's Great. Like good um, tight encapsulations of these two uh, nice. cultural works. Yes. Um, if the people want to find you two uh, individually and collectively, how can they do that? Yes. So if people want to find me, you can find me on all social media. That is at I am Sola Music. So my uh, I make music under the name Sola. That's S-O-L-A. So you can find me on facebook instagram twitter soundcloud you can go on spotify and apple music i have a new song called highs and lows uh so just type in highs and lows sola if you want to hear that and yeah and if you want to find both aj and i you can find us at american underscore idiots underscore abroad on instagram and yeah Yep, and that is for our podcast, American Idiots Abroad. We also have another podcast called Main Pod Girl, where we talk about pop music. Um, the first, sorry, American Idiots Abroad is about um, being Americans living in the UK. Um, mm-hmm. And Main Pod Girl is about us talking about pop music. Um, you can find my socials, my individual socials, at AJ Marks Official on anything that I'm on. So that includes Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Um, I think it's even like my LinkedIn. Like, I don't know. Um, Mm. So just AJ Marks official on everything. I mean, maybe it's my letterboxd. I can't remember. Yeah. Um, (laughs) Exactly. Pinterest. All of them. All of them. Yes. Tinder. Yep. Mm. Yes. Because they have customized Tinder URLs. Exactly. You get it. Um, (laughs) So, uh, yeah thank you so much for having us on yeah thank you so much for uh coming on the show this was so much fun you guys yeah thank you this has been so fun yes thanks again uh take care talk to you guys soon Bye. Bye. bye that was so much fun right thanks again to megan and aj check out their show american idiots abroad especially the latest episode featuring yours truly it's super fun and funny and you're gonna love it okay Quick inspirational cultural work from me. Uh, HBO has just released Sam Pollard's documentary, Black Art in the Absence of Light, and it is really fantastic. It was inspired by the late David Driscoll's landmark 1976 exhibition, Two Centuries of Black American Art, and it uses that exhibition as a jumping-off point to talk about the uphill battle black artists have faced in having their work recognized and valued. There are tons of interviews with incredible artists, as well as with David Driscoll himself, who very sadly died of COVID last year at the age of 88. Um... It's really, really well made. It features some incredible, incredible art. So give that a watch this weekend if you have access to HBO. And that's it for this week. As always, please tell your friends to listen to this show. They'll like it. You know they will. And um, other than that, have a fun week. Be kind to yourself and to others. And until next time, bye. 
You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.